I am vexed, vexed, troubled, disturbed, and utterly vexed. And I believe that that is the word for the church. God's really spoken to my heart concerning this. So I want to take you to my text this morning, 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. It's the story of Lot. Many of us don't recognize this, but Peter tells us that Lot was a righteous man. He was a man who knew God. And Peter is giving reference to the fact that God delivers those who are his out of evil. Thank God for that. And he will bring judgment to those who bring evil. And he uses the example of Lot and he says this about Lot. If he rescued righteous Lot, who was greatly distressed, I like the King James, it says he was vexed by the depraved conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteousness, his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. The righteous man was vexed. Now, what does that word mean? Disturbed. It literally means tortured or harassed. His righteousness was harassed by what he was seeing in the city he was living in. His righteous standing with God, his morality, his right place in God was in fact tortured day to day, by what he heard and what he saw. And I am vexed in this hour, in this country, and in this day. My righteousness is vexed. And it should be with the church. We should be vexed. We should be tortured in our righteousness for our children growing up in a nation that is going mad. And I'm vexed, and I hope you are vexed as well. And we need to understand what happened in this story with Lot. There are three things that happened in Lot's situation that I don't want to happen to us as a church and as a people of God. And these three things we have to watch out for. We don't want to assist, we don't want to accommodate, and we don't want to absorb what's going on in this world. We are a people whose country and land is not this place, it's a heavenly place. And you've been bought with a price, you're no longer your own, you belong to the Lord God, who put his spirit of holiness in you. And if you're walking amongst a people who are not concerned with righteousness or morality, you should be vexed by it and tormented so that you will do something in prayer. The interesting thing about the story of Lot is Lot wasn't the one interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah. It was Abraham. And God said to Abraham, I'm going to destroy that wicked city. He had tolerated it long enough. And he was sending angels to go before him to test the waters to just see how wicked it is. Of course he knew how wicked it was, but he was going there for Lot. That's why those angels went ahead. Do you think God didn't know exactly how bad it was in that city? Did he need two angels to go walk around and get accosted? 
He knew. Why did he send him? To get Lot out of there. Abraham said, God, if, there's, uh, if there'd be 50 righteous, would you save the city? You bet. Because the righteous are like a salt and a preservative to a nation. Because the righteous intercede and pray and can save a nation and turn a nation around. Abraham thought, okay, 50. Then he thought again, he thought, oh, Sodom, yeah. Uh. All right, how about 40? Yes. Okay, we got some negotiation going on here. All right, 40's asking a lot. How about 30? 20. Abraham got down to 10. And were there 10 righteous? That's a tithe. That's 10% in that entire city. Were there just 10? It's not even a tithe, actually. That's less than 10% to the number of people in that nation of Sodom. And, and at that point, he said, uh, yeah, if you can find 10. They couldn't find 10. But where we pick up with the story in Genesis 1.19 is this. I'm sorry, Genesis 19, verse 1. Two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. Sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose up to meet them. He bowed himself and his face to the earth. He said, my lords, please turn aside to your servant's house. Spend the night and wash your feet that you may rise up early and get out of here. Well, it says go on your way, but I, you, you get the idea. And the angel said, no, we're just going to stay in the city square. We're just going to, no. But what we see here, first of all, with Lot, is that he assisted the city in its condition. To sit at the gate is a seat of judgment. Lot had become an official in that city. And to have a seat at the gate means that's where all the, the judgments were made, that's where all the commerce was done, and this is where all the discussions took place. You see, Lot had been... Uh, removed from his uncle Abraham because their, their sheep and their herds grew so much it caused a problem. So he turned his gaze towards Sodom and Gomorrah and went over there to graze his family. Now, kings came in, abducted him and abducted the king of Sodom and others, and Abraham went and rescued him. And so once they got back, I think Lot was a bit of a big shot. My uncle Abe, he came, he helped, you know. So he's in the city now. He's running for mayor or he's doing something. I don't know. But he's sitting in the gate of judgment assisting that city. But Peter tells us he was vexed by it. He was trying to be that salt. He was trying to be that light. He was trying to speak into that city. And it didn't do very good, did it? There's a time when we try to assist the situation where we try to say, come on, people, let's do it like this. I have a better way. Let me show you what Scripture says. And then there's a time when you are rejected so often that Jesus said you wipe the dust off your feet and you move on. I don't want to assist the downward trend this nation is going in. I want to resist the direction I want to be a solution, and I want to be salt. The thing that Jesus says about salt is this. 
You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. There is a point when the preservative work of salt is no longer functioning. Now, are we there in the United States? I don't think so. Not yet. But there is, I believe, a number of righteous people that can change this thing around. But it is not going to get changed around unless we, the church, are vexed and absolutely tortured by what we see going on. I don't want to assist what's going on any longer. I refuse to put money down on the movies that are coming out, to pay for the music that's going on. I don't want to pay for this culture's sin any longer. I don't want to assist it. I've got to decide where I'm going to cut off my assistance to this degradation of truth and love. So we've got to make that decision, folks. Now, I'm not giving up on the nation. Quite the opposite. If, I, if you want revival, if you want God to move heaven and earth and to bring something into this nation, the people of God have got to be tortured by the condition so that we will pray. Lot was not tortured enough by the condition till God wanted to visit the city. Are you getting this? God sent messengers to find out if he should show up in that city. Because he was willing to save that city if there were ten righteous. Now turn this thing around. If he could find ten righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah, what would he do? Change it. Pour out. He did it to Nineveh. He would pour out on them. And he went to find out. He couldn't find ten. Lot had assisted that place long enough and it was time for him to move on. Because his saltiness had lost its savor. I don't want to lose the savor. I don't want the church to lose its savor. I don't want the church to lose its candle lit like Laodicea said, I'm going to take you out. I don't want to do that. I want to rescue America. But we can't rescue it unless we are vexed by the sin. Because what happens next is you begin to accommodate it. And I'm afraid that most of the church has been accommodating this way too long. We're not outraged. We're not, we're not, it, it hasn't come to my house yet. Oh yes, it has. We've simply accommodated it. Now listen to what Lot did in accommodating the crowd. The crowd sees that there's two men that have come here, and uh, I would imagine the angels look quite good. And they wanted to see them. So they come pounding on Lot's door. Hey, we see you got some guests, bring them out. Now, you know the story. And again, in accommodating the culture we're in right now, many have twisted the scripture to mean that the reason God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah was because of inhospitality. Because as a city, they were inhospitable to those angels. Yeah, they were inhospitable. They wanted to do certain things to those angels. That's the inhospitable, uh, whatever that word is. The problem was they were not about being polite. The problem was the name of the city. Hmm? They wanted to do violence to those men. And they said, bring them out. Now here's Lot accommodating to that attitude. Hey, take my daughters. 
What? Dude, you got two angels in your house. Do you know what two angels can do to a city? And you're willing to accommodate the angry mob by giving up your two daughters? You imagine being those two girls? Dad! Take the girls, do what you want, but leave the angels alone. And how are we accommodating this? There have been over 60 million aborted babies since 1973. 60 million. That's blood poured out in this land. And we, the church, have accommodated this. Now, we've tried. We've, we've picketed. We've elected officials who promised year after year to do something about it. Now, here's the thing. We're finally closer than ever before in, re- in overturning this judgment against the children. But we're throwing our children away. Do you know pornography is now the number one entertainment in America? It entertains more adults than anything else and children as well. Men and women alike addicted to pornography. Sexual orientation is now eradicated. And we're accommodating this in our schools and elementary curriculums. In fact, they say concerning gender education, you can be both genders. You can be no gender. You can be a gender that you make up yourself. That's the education unit for sex education in elementary school. They're trying to pass a law that you can give testosterone or estrogen to children without parental consent because the child may want to change sexes. It's ridiculous, and we've accommodated this. We've allowed this. Oh, no, we're, we're in an outrage about this. We're in an uproar about it. I don't see it. Do you? I see outrage, and I see uproar right now in the streets. But none of the Christians have caused that much of an outrage over abortion, over pornography, over all of this stuff. We've accommodated it and thrown our children under the bus. It's sick right now. There's pornographic music. The number one hit on Billboard's Top 100 by Cardi B is the most vile pornographic song you could imagine. It's number one. This is what your 10 and 11 and 12-year-olds are listening to with their earbuds in every day. It's vile. It's vulgar. And everybody's celebrating it. And it's gone mad. It's absolutely ridiculous. Pedophilia. Now, what's joining the LGBTQ is MAPS. Minor attracted people. That's what we've renamed pedophilia. I've stood in this pulpit for years and told you that if we go to the LGBTQ, pedophilia is the next letter to be added. Well, they've added MOP or MAP. Minor attracted people. They're not pedophilia. They're, they're, they're just attracted to minors. And legislation's going towards that. So, so how long are we going to accommodate Sodom and Gomorrah in this nation? That's what Lot did, willing to give up his children. And last of all, we see the most disturbing where 
they got absorbed into the environment. And how was this? Well, Lot's wife. You see, the angel said, there's no hope in this situation. There are not ten. I'm dismissing four of you. Lot, his two daughters, and his wife. And he said, do not turn back. And as they're fleeing the city because the fire from heaven is about to fall. You know, God is love, but also God is righteousness and judgment. And there is a time when love has been trampled on and God's righteous judgment must judge. He is slow to anger. But at this point with Sodom and Gomorrah, he was done. And he dismissed the righteous. He did save Lot because Lot, who is righteous, was vexed by the situation of what he heard and what he saw every day. Though he, had, he uh, assimilated in and he assisted it and accommodated it, it didn't absorb him. And he and his two daughters and his wife were called out. And as they're leaving, something happened to Lot's wife. What happened? She turned. She didn't turn to see the destruction. She turned to see the city she would miss. There's a point where it begins to absorb into your psyche and into your sensibilities. Are we as a people no longer vexed by this kind of unrighteousness? Are we as a people using our mouths as foul as the world? I would dare say yes. I hear Christians cursing such foul and vulgar words all the time. It's just language. No, you've become absorbed. Will we watch the R-rated movies? Will we watch the sex scenes? Will we listen to the vulgarity of the music? Well, it's got a good beat. I don't listen to the lyrics. Come on, you're absorbed. How many of us have absorbed this into our lifestyle, absorbed it into our households, and absorbed it into our identities? If we, at this point, are not vexed and tortured in our righteousness by what we're seeing and hearing, we will never change the course of this nation. It wasn't until there was a torturous attitude to cry out in intercession. That's when God hears his people. When they are desperate to say there is nothing else, nothing else but you, God, that is our remedy. We're coming to an election. One of the most important elections because we're standing at the prep precipice of what is righteous or unrighteous in judgments and we have got to be tormented by what we're seeing righteousness and justice are the pillars of God's throne now unfortunately everybody running is disappointing some of you will not agree with that but you're going to have to find out which bus will get us closer. You may not like the bus driver, but you're going to have to find out which bus is going to drive closest to righteousness and justice. But more than that, please don't think that an election in November is going to change the course of this thing. What is going to change the course of this thing is who gets elected to the prayer closet. 
the elect people of God. That's what happens. The election is who of God's people will storm heaven and cry out for this land because we're vexed by its unrighteous condition. And that I myself will now live a righteous life. There's not going to be a revival. There'll be no outpouring of God's power until our righteousness is tortured by the sin in the land, the sin in the church, and the sin in our own heart. Take account. If you're not tortured by reviewing your own life and seeing how you've absorbed this filth, then we're not living up to the righteousness God has put within us. We're not. Now, I'm vexed by the condition of things. I'm not here to give you a pretty story, flowery words. We are in trouble. The church is absolutely in trouble. Oh, we need another revival like we have in, in just the past 30 or 40 or 50 years. None of those revivals had an impact on this nation. We don't need another revival where the people at the altar get all excited and feel good. We need a revival that goes so deep against the power of evil and wickedness that it breaks the powers in the heavenlies. And the only way that's going to come is if the church and we as individuals will live a righteous, holy life for God. Amen? So I'm asking you, begin with your own heart and see, have you absorbed have you assimilated? Have you accommodated sin in your heart? It's easy to do because we're in the environment of it 24-7. I don't swear. I never grew up in a house that swore and used bad words. But something happens and I find it in my head. It's like, how did that get here? Because I'm, absor I'm absorbed into an environment where I'm hearing it 24-7. And I want to be vexed by it. I want, to, I want to fight against it. How many of you ready, are ready to be delivered out of Sodom? How many of you are ready to be delivered out? In your own heart. How many of you know God wants his church to be delivered? He's tired of a Laodicean church that has, you see, the, here's the whole key to hot or cold. I'd rather have you hot, I'd rather have you cold. He's talking about the temperature. He said, I'd rather have my people hot. That means that they have made themselves on fire. He said, I'd rather have you cold. That means you've made yourself refreshing to God. But if you're lukewarm, you've become the temperature of the air around you. The church should never be the same temperature as the culture or we've lost our saltiness. And so this is what God's saying to the church. Church, when will you rent your garment over your condition? When will you be tormented by the condition of your nation to where my people, if my people will repent from there wicked ways then I will hear God isn't going to move because he's changed the culture he's going to move because the church has changed from its wickedness and it becomes the catalyst to change the culture 
bow your heads with me.